All right, just before I introduce our guest speaker and, and worship leader for the day, I felt like the Lord wanted me just to take 30 seconds here and challenge you guys to lean in. Would you guys just, where you're seated, would you lift up your hands? Heavenly Father, we want all of what you have for us today. Uh, we recognize that there is not a Sunday that goes by that you don't want to do something. There's not a day that goes by that you want to do something. So, Father, uh, we, we prepare our hearts for what you would have for us this morning. We ask God for you in your fullness. You do what you want to do today, and we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody says, amen. You're in for a treat this morning. Uh, before Michael Turner and, and Red Ministries gets going here, this pastor wants to remind you of two things, two mandates of the church. One is, is we're challenged to preach the gospel, and two, we're challenged to make disciples. Not build crowds, not populate Parkway, but populate heaven. Am I, right? Am I talking to someone here today? Amen. We have an opportunity this, this afternoon from... Uh, four to six or this evening from four to six to be a, a light to this to this community uh, We have seen people come to Jesus through these outreaches But I want you to know the moment that you desire to preach the gospel as a church and make disciples Inevitably things get uncomfortable We have an enemy look to your neighbor and say we have an enemy You're not it look to your neighbor and say you're not the enemy Sometimes it's good to remind yourself as a church member that people sitting next to you or is sitting in front of you are not the enemies. We have an enemy that wants to literally take us out from doing our two mandates. And every time you begin to preach the gospel and make disciples, inevitably things begin to get uncomfortable. Things that begin to happen like spirits of offense come in or things come to try to detract us from the mission that, that God places in us. We are not a come and see church. We're not an inside the four walls church. We have a mandate to do what? Preach the gospel and make disciples. And inevitably, when you do that, things begin to take off. And so what I want to do is I want to teach you this morning how to begin to cover our church in prayer. Do you mind if, mind if I lead you in that before we have Red Ministries come? Because we're going to pray the prayer of faith over this outreach today, that if all of it is for one person coming to know the saving knowledge of Jesus, it is worth it. And so if you're willing to partner with me in praying for this event, would you stand all across this room? Heavenly Father, I pray right now a prayer of protection and advancement over this outreach this afternoon. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you will do what only you can do. Father, some might look at this as a mere community spotlight event. That's not how this church looks at it. This church looks at this afternoon as an opportunity to share the love of Christ with a community and a world that is in desperate need of hope. When we look at the horizon, there is a world at war. There are not just wars against neighboring countries, but also civil wars that are beginning to start all over this nation and globe. There's left versus right. There, there is evil versus righteousness. There are, there are things that we can't even comprehend that are coming, but we know your word says that they were coming. So, Father, we recognize that we have an opportunity to partner with your kingdom for the advancement of the gospel. Could I, could I ask this church to begin to help me lift up your voice and begin to pray? Every person that you would begin to draw to this facility today, Father, would you begin to prepare hearts, even those that weren't even planning on coming, would you cause your Holy Spirit to begin to interject them with the idea that, man, I need to go to Parkway for that family-safe environment. And Father, that it wouldn't just uh, they wouldn't just come for a fun place or even a safe place, but they would come for a place of encountering, that as they encounter the love of Jesus that is visible and, and at the forefront, Father, we pray that we will step into those open doors and preach the transforming gospel that's found within your word. Father, I'm lifting up my hands right now. Father, would you use me? Would you use me today, we pray, that one person that's broken and hopeless would come to know you. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody says, 
Amen. My friends, Michael Turner, Natasha's up in the upper deck. It's so good to have you guys here today. You guys are in for a treat. Would you guys give a warm Parkway welcome to Michael and Red Ministry? Parkway Church, it's an honor to be here with you all the way from New Zealand via Sacramento, California. Lift, lift up your hands if you know where New Zealand is. You know it's not Australia. Just making sure. We, we have just got back from Germany, Croatia, Bosnia, Montenegro, Albania, Greece, and Austria. And, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible to see that the body of Christ is everywhere. In every part of this earth, God's people are. And God is raising up a people in the midst of the darkness to be a light and to be channels of hope. Whether you're in Grants Pass, whether you're from New Zealand, the, the land of the hobbits, whether you're from Ukraine, like our drummer over here, Gene, would you give him a big hand? His wife is over here. Lift up your hands and kids. Whether you're from Pakistan, the body of Christ is alive in the midst of the darkness to be a light. And today, we want to encourage everyone to, as the body, to believe. To believe that no matter what God assigns us to do, because all of us are born with an assignment from heaven. And the biggest thing for us is, can I trust God to look after me? Where, wherever He sends me on this earth, can I trust Him? The good news today is we want to declare and testify the big answer is a resounding yes, you can. And we, we, we were born for this time. I was uh, driving over the Swiss Alps with my band and family four or five years back. And as I'm looking at the Alps, we're on our way to Italy. And as I'm looking at these Alps, I'm thinking, how awesome is our God? And all I can feel in my heart is freedom. And I just wanted to jump off the cliff, but you can't, you know what I'm saying? But as I'm, as I'm driving, suddenly I hear these words. I've been liberated. Heaven rescued me. I've been, hoping not to go over the cliff, I hear. I've been liberated. No longer a slave, I'm free. Sing this with me. Out of the desert into the river, Jesus, you're my Savior. I've been liberated, so wonderful. Is that wonderful? Then I hear, then I hear this, all right, as I'm driving over, as I'm driving over the Alps, it's beautiful. I can feel it in my bones, they're dancing. I can feel it in my heart, it's racing. I can feel it in the air, I'm breathing. I am alive, I am free. Sing it out. I can feel it in my bones, they're dancing. I can feel it in my heart, it's racing. I can feel it in the air, I'm breathing. I am alive, I am free. Is anybody free at Parkway Christian Center? So let's sing this as an anthem today. Your amazing pastors I've known for close to 20 years. That's getting up there. <laughs> Their hearts are for the nations, for the gospel, 
the liberation of all the earth. And so it's an honor for us to partner with you to be here today. Are you ready?
can feel it in my bones, then dance and come on. I can feel it in my heart, it's a racing. I can feel it in the air, I'm breathing. I am alive, I am free. Sing it out. I can feel it in my bones. Feel it in the air, I'm breathing. I am alive, I am free. Woo! You can have a seat for just a moment. Father, we thank you for freedom this morning. We thank you for your mercy and grace upon our lives. We thank you that all over the nations, from New Zealand to Jerusalem to Gaza to Pakistan to Ukraine to Russia, all over the earth, Father, there is freedom. We're in this world, but we're not of it. And we thank you for your mercy and grace in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Last year, we had the honor to take multiple trucks filled with aid into Ukraine. This year, we get a text from our main connection in Ukraine, and he said, I just want you all to know that thousands of lives were saved because of the aid that you were able to send. Amen. You guys sent funds all over the world, churches gave. The body of Christ came together in the midst of pain, in the midst of darkness, they gave, and souls were saved. This year, in March, there was a 7.8 earthquake in Turkey. I'm sitting in bed early in the morning, and it drops in my spirit what we did in Ukraine, why can't we do it in Turkey? To cut a long story short, I get a hold of Pastor Hassan in Turkey. He oversees 40 churches in Turkey. I said, Pastor Hassan, we've been taking aid into Ukraine for a year. We would love to bring aid with all the connections we have in Europe, we want to bring aid into Turkey. He says it's impossible to get aid into Turkey because the government of Turkey confiscates any aid that's not of a government agency. He said, but we can purchase the aid here. So we sent him funds. Natasha and I flew over to Turkey. We came to a large grocery store called Met, Met, Metro. It's like a cost we filled a massive truck with aid, and the first city we go to in, in this, the absolute unbelievable devastation, the first city we take this aid to is a town called Antioch. <laughs> and as we're walking through old Antioch, the Antioch that the Apostle Paul began his missionary journeys taking the good news of the gospel to the nations. It's, it's like an apocalyptic event. But in the midst of it, God was able to use this aid to bridge the gap between the Christians and the Islamic people. Hope is being breathed into that area. I'm going to share a video clip in just a minute, but one of the amazing stories. Remember, today our heart is to encourage faith in all of us. The motivation for us being here today is not to teach us anything new, but to encourage faith. We're the body of Christ. 
We are the body of Christ. Do you know who you are? We are the body. Christ is the head. And he wants to move through all of us to do the impossible. What you would think is impossible is not impossible to our God when we believe. One of the stories that we heard was three days after that initial earthquake. The authorities are pulling little kids out alive from deep under the rubble. And as they're pulling the young kids out, they take them into the hospital and they get a blood test. And in the blood test, the doctors were astonished because it would seem that these kids had not missed a meal in three days. Then the children, listen, the children begin to speak up and say, men dressed in white came and fed us as we were underneath the rubble. Can we have the video? Let's all stand together. Come on. Say after me. We are the body of Christ. Everywhere we go, we see a victory. No weapon formed against us is going to prosper. Come on.
Got us in knows only how to triumph My God will never fail My God will never fail Sing it out
we believe your word is alive and grants past, Lord. We believe, we believe, Lord Jesus. And this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. I'm on my knees, Jesus. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I find my battles, lifting up your name. We worship you, Jesus. This is how I find my battles. Sing it out. This is how I find my battles. Come on. Oh, we declare it. We declare that in the name of Jesus. This is how I find my battles. This is how I find my battles. Come on.
This is how I fight. This is how I fight. Come on. This is how I fight my battles. Oh, we believe Jesus. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight. In the darkest night, in the biggest storm, this is how I fight my battles. No weapon that is formed will ever prosper. This is how I fight my battles. We believe your words are true. Oh, we believe your words are alive. We believe your words are true. You make a way in the dark night when all hope is gone. You're right there by my side And I will not fear The terror by night Or the shadow by day You're there for me We are your body You are the head We give our lives to you and nothing else said. We surrender all to you. You make a way where there seems to be no way.
You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here. Touching every heart, I worship you. I worship you. You are here, healing every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, turning life around I worship you I worship you you are king mending every heart I worship you I worship you you are in the darkness my God that is who you are way maker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my God that is who you are even when I don't see it you're working even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Never stop. 
keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. And that is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. There's no one like our God. We worship you today. We'll worship you forever. In the darkest storms, in the dark of night, we will worship you, our God. We we'll worship you, Jesus. We worship you, our God. Thank you for your presence in this place. Your presence in this place. We thank you for your presence in this place. Your presence in this place. You are Waymaker. My God, that is who you are. 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 There's no one like you, Jesus. And that is who you are. 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 Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We belong to you, Jesus. We belong to you, Jesus. Jesus, we are yours. We are your body. Cleanse us. Sanctify us. Purge us. Fill us with your presence more and more. Thank you, Jesus. Psalms 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Father, we thank you for restoring our soul. Living in a fallen world, we are at, there's many attacks come our way. There are many hardships. There's a lot of pain. But Father, you restore our soul. He leads me beside still waters. 
He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Lay your hands on your head today. Say, Father, thank you for anointing my head with oil. Thank you for anointing my head with oil. I, I hear clearly. I see clearly. No confusion. No oppression. I have peace. You anoint my head with oil. It says my cup runs over. Thank you, Father, that an abundance of life in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of calamity, in the midst of pain, Father, we are not in pain. We are not in a position of calamity. But, Father, we have peace to know what to do, to know what to speak, how to act, to be a light in the darkness. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You can have a seat for just a moment. What a privilege and an honor it is to be here. I want to just thank Pastor Jason and Brooke again for having our family and just for just your love over the years. Um, we really, you, you guys are dear to our hearts, and so it's really special. It's so great to see so many faces at Park Way, and it feels really healthy. And so it's an honor. It's an honor for us to be here today. Uh, the message that I believe that God wants to deposit in our hearts is, is just to build our faith. You know how we, we live in a t time in history where the church knows a lot of information, I think. We've got a lot of info, but we need faith. We need faith to believe. We need faith in the midst of, the Bible says in the last days, perilous times will come. And I think we're looking around us and we're seeing moments of absolute peril all over the globe. Well, how do we respond how do we respond when that maybe even comes to our door? You know, we, uh, as, as the body, we're believing for revival. We're believing for hearts to come to know Jesus. But oftentimes, it, it, what precedes that is a lot of pain in the world. So I believe it's important as the body, we, we just, we just got to have faith. We've got to know who our shepherd is. And so the message is called, My Shepherd. Say, My Shepherd. Who's your shepherd today? It's a question. Who is our shepherd? And, and, and my family and I have experiences. We've been ministering all over the world for years. We have learned and we're still learning who our shepherd is. The heart of God for his children is one of a good shepherd that watches over his sheep. He watches over us to provide, to protect, to lead and to guide us. And throughout my life and, and now for 25 years full time in the ministry, this has been my experiences, Tasha's experience, this is our experience. He's a good shepherd. And the Bible says that in, in John 10, uh, 27, it says, he says, my sheep hear my voice. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me, and I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Come on. That's beautiful. 
My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Oh. So when the call of God came to me as a 16-year-old little hobbit from New Zealand, when the call of God came to me to go into the nations, we would have guest speakers would come into our church, and every time they would come, this kid over here always happened to be me, you're called to go to the nations. I didn't know how, I didn't know when, I didn't know where, but as I began to take small steps of obedience, next thing you know, next thing you know, I'm in Vacaville, California with Pastor, <laughs> Pastor Jason and... Next thing you know, as I begin to take small steps, I'm, I'm, I'm singing to two and a half thousand Islamic people in Pakistan. And 300 of them lift their hands to receive Jesus. As I begin to take small steps of faith, next thing you know, I'm in a nation called Ukraine. And I'm with this guy and his family here, Gene. And, and I've, I'm, in, I'm in a town square, and we've got four or 5,000 people in the audience. Yeah? As we begin to take small steps, God began to make a way. To cut a long story short, 25 years later, full-time in the ministry, over 40 nations of the world, we've had the honor to take the gospel. Amen. Large crowds, small crowds. It's not about the number. It's about being obedient to the Father. Jesus left the 99 to what? Get to the one. So it's not a game of numbers. Although our Father would want 7 billion human beings to come to know Jesus. But the fact of the matter is, it's unfortunate, but seven, not, not all of the 7 billion human beings want Jesus. In fact, many of them would rather love and honor Lucifer because he gives them whatever they want, but at the end is an eternity of death and destruction. Who's your shepherd? Who's your shepherd? As we began our journey of learning to walk by faith, Learning to obey the Holy Spirit. There's one nation that I want to speak about today. And the reason why I want to speak about it is because it's been in the news for over a year. You've all heard about the war in Russia and Ukraine. Every one of us here today has been impacted by what's happening in Ukraine. We've been going to Ukraine for 20 years. My band and family and I have been going to Ukraine, taking the good news of Jesus, and we've preached and we've sung all over Ukraine. In those years, we would do, we would do, uh, uh, we'd spend nine months on the road, minister in 20 countries, starting New Zealand to Asia, the Middle East to Europe, Indian and America, and back home again. What was incredible in that time was there was always one nation that would stand out above them all. 
There was always one nation where the heart of revival was powerful. Souls have been saved. Sick have been healed. Churches have been planted. There was one nation that stood above them all as we would travel around the globe as the fields are white under harvest, and that is this nation of Ukraine. And so this year, last year, when this war, this, this uh, invasion came in, it was personal because we got so many connections and partnerships in that area. In 2013, we had our schedule to be in Ukraine booked for 2014. October 2013, our schedule in Ukraine was booked for July 2014. By December 2013, all over the news, suddenly civil unrest happens in Ukraine. People are talking about war. People are talking about chaos. By January 2014, the pastor who we are connected with and partnering with in Ukraine is in America. And so Natasha and I, we meet together with him, and we ask him, Pastor, is it safe for us to come to Ukraine? We're supposed to be with you in July. He said to us, listen, he said to us in January, he said, listen, I think this will be over within about a month unless I call you and tell you not to come, come. Yes, sir. January, February, March, April, we tour all over America. The power of God is moving. Lives are being touched. May, we fly to Europe, and we begin touring all over Europe, France, and Germany. Again, power of God is moving. Hearts are being touched. But the war, the unrest in Ukraine, is not ending. In fact, it's growing to now there is a possibility all over the media in Germany and Austria and Switzerland and France, all over the media, everywhere we go, you cannot get away from it. The noise in the air is it's not just civil unrest in Ukraine, but Russia is going to invade Ukraine and potentially come and invade Europe. Everywhere we go. And we're scheduled still to be there in July. And guess what? We haven't heard from the pastor not to come. <laughs> so we're preparing. End of June, we are one week away from going into Ukraine. And now I'm starting to feel uncomfortable because Natasha is with me. The little kids are with us. I would not want to put my family into any harm's way. Brownell, Austria, I'm about to speak, but before I speak, I said, honey, let's pray, and let's ask our Father, listen carefully, let's ask our Father, our shepherd, if he still wants us to go into Ukraine. The noise is almost deafening, and everything in me, the I'm starting to know, I don't fear a lot of stuff because I've been everywhere. I've seen the Lord move and it's just, it's just I'm kind of, I've jumped over the Rubicon. I've jumped into a space where my life, unless the Lord moves, I'm not coming back. So I, I understand that, but I, now I've got to believe for Natasha and the kids. Do you understand me right now? I said, honey, let's pray and let's ask our father if he wants us to go to Ukraine. 
Braunau, Austria is the birth place of a man called Adolf Hitler. So here I am. I get up, I speak, and after I'm done speaking, a young man, he walks up to me and he says to me, Sir, I don't know what it is you're believing for, but the Holy Spirit told me to tell you, you have a green light to go. And the grace that is on you for the nations will protect you and your family. Say he's my shepherd. Say he's my shepherd. Say he's my shepherd. So the next week we fly from Zurich to Kiev and from Kiev to Nepropetrovsk. And as we jump out of the plane and we come through customs, the man who was there to pick us up does not look happy to see us. He looks grumpy. I'm thinking, okay, he has, maybe he's had a bad day or whatever. So he asks us, are you hungry? I said, yes, we're hungry. And so he says, let's go to McDonald's. My kids who are about uh, eight, nine, six, I don't know, somewhere around there. <laughs> Time flies. But they were little, little, little guys. Uh, my kids were pumped because we never do McDonald's. And so here we are, McDonald's. So we go to McDo McDonald's, the Big Macs come out. And as I'm looking at this man, as his Big Mac is sitting in front of him, he still looks grumpy. And now I start to get grumpy because he's grumpy. I don't know why he's grumpy. So I said, so I said to Natasha, honey, ask the man why he's grumpy. And so as, as she begins to talk with the man, he, he, he slouches and stares at his Big Mac. He looks depressed. He looks fearful. He says, it's terrible. He says, as, as I was coming to pick you up, a battalion from the Ukrainian army with armory and men and tanks drove right past me. He says, the war is escalating and we're only 60 miles from the front line. When he said the war is escalating and we're only 60 miles from the front line, it's like somebody poured cold water over my head from the top of my head to the tips of my toes. I started to go weak. I started to slouch. I started to slur my words. It was all cloudy. And I'm looking at my kids and I'm thinking, what have I just done? <laughs> as soon as I said, what have I just done? As quickly as that thing came upon me, I, I, I hear the sound. I hear, I hear in my spirit. I, I hear in the name of Jesus. And, and when I hear, as that thing comes upon me, and as I'm looking at my kids, I hear in my spirit, in the name of Jesus. And as soon as the name of Jesus was spoken in my spirit, as quickly as that feeling came upon me, it left me. I ate my burger. We all ate our burgers. We stood up. We got in our van and for two weeks we toured all around Ukraine. Jean was with us. We did concerts on the streets, in the churches. Souls were saved, sick were healed, lives were touched. The people of Ukraine would come up to us with tears in their eyes and say, we don't have a choice but to be here. You left peace to come to, to, come to the space. Thank you for coming to Ukraine. The Spirit of God moved in the dark place. The Holy Spirit moved through His body. The Spirit of God moved through his body through his people in the midst of the chaos in the midst of the danger in the midst of the pain in the midst of the crisis the life of heaven was able to move through his people 
and bring hope to the hopeless, help to the helpless life to the lifeless. Who's our shepherd? Who's your shepherd? Watch this little video clip. It gives a little bit of a picture of that experience. So here we are on the front in Ukraine. Say, he is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. 2016, we're back in Ukraine again. I'm sitting in the pastor's office and I'm talking with that pastor saying, Pastor, how can we help you? He says, listen, the war has been going now for two years. He said, there are people on the, fr the front who need help with aid. If you can find a way to raise funds to help us to get aid to the people, that'd be awesome. I said, okay. Pastor, I said, for us to get an understanding of what you're speaking about, can you take me into a safe place? Say safe place. And I want to see, I want to meet these people who you're speaking about. He says, yes. So the next day, we go to the store. We fill a, a van with aid. That day, Natasha was supposed to stay home. We had a, a male interpreter. So in the last moment, the male interpreter gets sick. And so guess who has to come to the front to help? Natasha. We're in the van, driving to the front, a safe place. We go from checkpoint to checkpoint to checkpoint. We've got aid in the van. We come into this uh, uh, 
area and is, as, as you're getting closer to the front, the evidence of the war is all around you. Tanks are blowing up, homes are blowing up. You can smell it, it's every, everywhere. We go into this certain area and, and we meet up with our armed escort. We had to have an armed escort, so we meet the armed escort. We go around a corner and we come to a, a, t a small v village and you can see, again, the evidence everywhere. It's like a ghost town. We back up into a driveway. There's nobody around. Suddenly people come out of the woodwork and we're, we're handing aid. We're uh, praying for people, giving Bibles out. It's just awesome. And, and actually, I thought, okay, I got it. I've got it. I understand what you're speaking about. But no, we've got to go another two miles down the road to another town, Right? So we hop in the van, our armed escort is ahead of us. As we're coming on a dirt, dirt track, as we're coming to a certain location, our armed escort stops, hops out of the van, knocks on the driver's side of the window, and he says to our driver, unless you speed up, your butt is going to get peppered. So he speeds up and we over the hill, down the round, <laughs> checkpoint after checkpoint. Then we come to this, this village two kilometers away. And in the d distance, I see smoke. There's homes blowing up. And to me, as I'm looking at the safe place, it looks like a war zone. As we jump out of the van, I overhear one of our armed escort men speaking English. I walk up to him and I said to him, Sir, um, can you please tell me, again, I'm thinking about Natasha, I'm thinking, saying, Sir, can you please tell me where the front line would be? He stands there, looks down, looks this way and looks that way, and he says, um, well, actually, you're standing on it. When he said, you're standing on it, again, my heart sort of jumped in. I felt a little bit woozy, and I'm looking at Natasha, and the, our armed escort says, listen, I, my, my commander has given me two things I need to do. Number one, take you around. Number two, yesterday, seven men were seriously injured in this town. I have to scout the area and see where the enemy is. He said, so you stay here. I'm going to leave one guy with you. And I'll be back in about half an hour, all right? And I'm looking and thinking, oh, Lord, what have we just done again? So we hop out. He goes. We go out, and suddenly people are coming out of the woodwork. We're handing out aid, praying for people. To cut a long story short, one, one hour passes, and one of our guys walks up to me, and he says as best as he can, he says he's white. He looks absolutely white, and he says the war is starting again at 5 o'clock. I said to him, what's the time? He, he, I, he said, it's 4.30. I said, 4.30, we've got to get out of here. He, he said, I know, but the armed escort is not back. Tick tock, tick tock. <laughs> 5 o'clock, the armed escort arrives. The guy who speaks English winds down the window. He looks at me and he says, are you guys in a hurry? I said, yeah, we're in a hurry. We need to get out of here. He says, just give me 10. I need to go to the end of the road and back again. I said, well, hurry up, will you please? So tick-tock, tick-tock, 5.15 arrives, and suddenly in the distance we hear, boom, boom, and the war is starting again. And as we're hearing the boom, we're hearing it getting in the distance. It's coming closer and closer. Tick-tock, tick-tock, 5.30 arrives. The armed escort arrives. We jump on our van, and we take off out of the war zone area, except now it's a live war, and there are snipers everywhere. I pull Natasha close to me, and to cut a long story short, I'm here 
to tell the story because my shepherd is with me. My shepherd, our shepherd is with us in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the crisis. We're living in a moment in history where you've seen pandemics. We're seeing economic issues. We are seeing famines. We are seeing wars and rumors of wars. Before the return of Jesus, this is going to grow and escalate. But in the midst of the darkness, there is a body called the body of Christ. There is a bride that God is preparing for His Son. There is a people that in the midst of the crisis, in the midst of the darkness, there is peace in the calm. There is peace in the storm. There is life for the lifeless, help for the helpless, and hope for that hopeless person. But you've got to know who you're shepherded. We have got to know who our shepherd is. Stand with me, please. And read this. John 10, 27, as we close. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep. Hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given to me is greater. I and my Father are one. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved how precious tears that grace appeared I first believe. Listen, there is such a grace moving in this planet. There's a grace for the wickedest, most evil human being. There is grace for the lukewarm believer. There is grace, there is grace in this moment. But as it was in the days of Noah, so it is before the coming of the Son of Man. The window, the, uh, the, the grace of God, that window is going to come to a close. And grace will be no more. 
As we close today, I want to finish with this one, one story. And why? Because it talks about grace. Pastor Andre, who we partner with in Ukraine, one of the interesting, it was not really interesting, it makes sense, but uh, there's no atheists in foxholes. You know, you know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of people who used to be atheists in Ukraine, who are men who are coming to Jesus because they're caught up in this evil. War's evil. There's no good. There's no good in war. It's evil. One of the stories he said, I just want to close with a story because it's incredible. The love of God, the grace of God, the grace of God for our lives, is, it's beyond our comprehension. He said to me, he's, he said to us, he said, I've got a man in my church. And he says, you know, he would come to church, but he's not really a true follower of Jesus. M- marries a girl, gets divorced, comes back sort of in and, in and out, not really following Jesus. He says, when the war starts, he has to go to war. One day, he's in a hummer, and him and his men come face to face with a Russian tank. The Russian tank fires on the hummer. The men in the tank manage to hop out, jump out. He says, Pastor, as I'm running for my life, I look back and the tank is chasing me. And it's chasing, it chases him into a minefield. So as he's running for his life, he runs into a minefield and he says, Pastor, you would not believe it. As I'm running through the minefield, I suddenly hear an audible voice say this. Say, stop, turn left, move forward, move back, turn right, stop, move forward. For two kilometers, apparently, this man runs for his life as he's hearing the Lord speak. He comes out of the minefield, runs back to base. His friends are looking at him saying, this guy is crazy. How is it possible that he's alive? And guess what? He's not lukewarm anymore. He's not lukewarm anymore. He's not lukewarm anymore. Oh, come on, church people. It's not about this building. It's not about all the cute songs we sing, although the songs come from a heart of passion. But it's a real, real relationship with the living God and what we do. I was just in Montenegro. And I was, Natasha and I and the kids, we went to, to Montenegro and we were blown away to understand that, that the evangelical church in Montenegro is seen as a cult. So unless you are orthodox, you can't exist. It's against the law for you to exist as a people. So we're with, so we're, we've got believers, members of the body who have to meet underground in their homes because if they meet in public, they're put in prison by the Orthodox Church who controls the political system. At any moment, this can happen anywhere. Who's our shepherd? Who's our shepherd? He's a real and living God. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That save a wretch like me.
I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. How I love that old cross Where the dearest and best For a world of lost sinners was slain I will cherish that old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to that old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a and I will cling to that old rugged cross and exchange it someday. As every eye is shut and every head is bowed, I'm talking to the body of Christ today. The Spirit of God is talking to the body Christ. If you're here in the body and you would say, Father, here I am. Use me. If you're here in the body and you've given your life to Jesus, you've surrendered your life to Him and you want to be used of Him to do whatever He would ask you, whether it's in Grants Pass, whether it's abroad in other nations, young people, middle-aged people, all age groups, there is no age limit to the effectiveness of our Father through us. It's just, are we available? Are we available? Will we be used? Will, will we go? And so the clarion call is the same for each generation. They said, there's nothing new under the sun, and there really isn't. The clarion call is for all of us. Will we go where He sends us? Will we yield our lives and say, Father, here I am, send me. This is, this is the cry of the Spirit of God today. And so in this final moments that we have together, the Spirit of God is asking, He's searching, He's moving, and He's touching hearts. Even now, He's touching, I see hearts, young and old, there's hearts that have been moved, not by me, but by the Spirit of God that is here. So if you're here today, the Spirit of God is simply saying, will I be able to move through you? Will you go for me? Will you be my hands? Will you be my feet? Will you be vessels that I can move through? Is every eye shut? every head is bowed this morning. The Spirit of God is asking and He's calling for the, the army of God, let's say that. But it's not an army that uses the
weapons of man's wisdom. It uses the weapons of the spiritual that God has given us. So as every eye is shut and every head is bowed, if you, would, if you want to respond and say, Father, use me, I will go where you send me. I will say what you ask me to say. Here I am. I am yours. If that's you today, lift your hand straight up in the air. Now can you come and stand with me at this altar, laying down our lives. Everyone who raised your hand, we're going to lay down our lives at this altar afresh today. We're going to move and say, Father, I lay down my life. Moving to this altar is you taking a step of faith and saying, I'm coming. Come, come. come to the, there's others coming. way I could describe it, I had this dream in the middle of the night of a country of America and it was separated in blue and red, like one of those political maps that you would see. And my mind, the, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, son, I, I raised you in the blue and I'm going to send you to the blue. That's what he said to me. And my mind went left to right because I'm a left to right thinker. And I went up to Oregon and by the time I got to Oregon, the Lord said, stop. And I woke up and I went to the computer 
And I put in this phrase, open churches in Oregon. And the first church that popped up in the middle of the night was Parkway Christian Center. Is that crazy? And when I saw the name, the Holy Spirit said, that's it. Went back to bed and I continued the dream and the dream went from the map of America to almost a picture of the globe and the Lord said, the ministry that you're going to lead is going to be a ministry to the nations. Things that I haven't even whispered to this church yet. Uh, fast forward, I move, move here in the U-Haul truck. I go to this uh, home in uh, Grants Pass area and I walk up and I said, you know, I've almost always had the dream to have an internship program that we would actually send our kids to Israel for six weeks and then we would go send them to a part of the world where they can learn and actually see the, the gospel at global work. And this family that comes to our church says, we've been taking people to Israel for 30 years. We, let's do that. This coming uh, March and April, we're taking our interns to Israel for six weeks. It's pretty cool stuff, huh? That young man on the, on the base, his name's Marcos. His mom was here visiting for the last three weeks. She comes up to me last Sunday and says, uh, Pastor, I don't know why I'm supposed to tell you this, but our family, we pastor a church in Bolivia, and our churches are supposed to be connected, and you're supposed to send, start sending some interns over here to Bolivia to minister to be a ministry of the nations. Michael, when you were speaking today, you were speaking prophetically to this house. That this house is not just going to be a ministry. It is going to be a ministry to Grants Pass and Josephine County and Jackson County. It is going to be that. But it's going to be a ministry to the nations. It's going to be a ministry to the nations. And I know, just so you know, how foolish that sounds. Because it's not just going to take thousands of dollars. It's not just going to take tens of thousands of dollars. It's what God is asking this church to do, this ministry to do, to be a ministry to the nations. Let me tell you why I know it's, it's embedded in this heart. Um, several months ago, we had our missions um, convention, our first, first one back in a while, as I've been told. Uh, Ten missionaries from all over the world. By the way, this Thursday night, uh, we're going to post it on social media. We are going to have our Zoom conference call. If you want to have a Bible study with our global worker or missionary from Israel, that's going to be posted on our social media. We're going to hear about what's happening on the ground. We're going to figure out how we can help and support and bring aid to that kind of the world. And just to be clear, we're not just praying for the people in Israel. We're praying for the people in Gaza. We're not just praying for the people of Ukraine. We're praying for the people in Russia. Because this gospel is for the whole world. If you believe that, give Jesus one big round of applause. We believe that. It's for the whole world. But as Michael was talking about that story of when he asked, where is the front line at? I heard the Lord speak to this pastor's heart just a few moments ago and said, this is a front line church. This is not going to be a check the box church. But do you understand the ramifications of that? A frontline church is going to take a mature believers and a group of mature believers 
that understand that there is an enemy that wants to come and bring disunity and disruption. But a frontline church, our weapons are not carnal. They are of the spirit and they are of the pulling down of strongholds. And we have an opportunity to begin to be a ministry to the nations. I want you to listen to me. Listen to me. By what's going to happen at 4 o'clock today. We're going to go reach one person that does not know Jesus. And so what, just want you to know, Michael, what your message was today was larger than a service. It was a, a prophetic mandate of this house. How can Grants Pass, a small community in southern Oregon, be a ministry to the nations? It doesn't make sense. And God says that's exactly why he's picking us to be a ministry to the nations. Because when it happens, listen to me, when it happens, not one of us are going to be able to take credit for it. But we're going to take our pointy finger and we're going to point to him and we're going to say, when, he, when he's in it, all things are possible. I want you to know what you're praying today. Would you stand to your feet as we close? I want you to know what you're praying today. We're praying God use us and not just the ministry to Josephine County, but that we would be a church and a ministry to the nations. Would you stretch your hands up all across this room? Heavenly Father, we say yes. Every life, every life, every life can be restored. When you fill the room, Brooke, just sing it one time. Every life can be restored when you fill the room. God, fill this room. Angels are in every corner when you fill the room. Father, I declare as a church, we're going to stand on that front line. And in Jesus' name, we will not be moved. We will not be moved from our convictions found within your word and your mission and mandate that you've placed on this house to preach the gospel all over this world and to make disciples. We say yes to your will and your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. This pastor loves you. We'll see you guys this afternoon as we go win someone to Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. Oh, when you draw near to us, you 
drive.